Welcome to another edition of the Y-Pod, where we highlight everyday Wyoming leaders. This episode features ultra runner Justin Kinner. We talk about the value of perseverance, his journey into ultra running and the Grand Slam, and the challenges he's thinking about tackling next. Hope you enjoy listening as much as we enjoyed recording it. Here we go with Justin Kinner. My name is Justin Kinner. I'm 35 years old from Casper, Wyoming. Uh, personal trainer at Complete Physical Therapy and high school cross country ski coach uh, for NC. Um, and I'm an ultra runner and a I'm a grand slammer for 2021. In terms of asking about your background, it's also a way to talk about how you got involved with running because running's a family thing for you. Absolutely, yeah. Running, um, I always blame my my oldest brother. He's seven years older than me, and um, he got us into it. He started with cross-country in high school himself, went on to do cross-country skiing in the winter, did a little bit of soccer, but then went on to track in the spring as a high school athlete. And then um, we kind of just followed suit. That has blossomed into my lifestyle, which is being a uh, personal trainer and also now cross-country ski coach. You are an individual athlete yourself. Mm -hmm. You participate in a lot of events that we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. And you're also coaching other people. How much do you find you're coaching them and you're actually talking to yourself or they're saying things where you're taking lessons from them. Does that happen? Absolutely, absolutely, it happens. I mean, you try to rewind a little bit, try to think back to the the experiences that you had as a high, as a high school athlete. You try to not replicate it entirely, but you try to take take the good, take the bad, take the learning experiences the that you had throughout. That's really what I try to coach kids the most on is. There are so many life lessons you can learn through sports beyond just physical, the life lessons that sports can teach you. Perseverance. Kids that have a good race, bad race, doesn't matter because the next day you have to get up out of bed and you go again. That's just like life. You know, sometimes you're going to have good days. Sometimes you're going to have bad days. Some days are just born ugly. You have to soldier on, continue moving forward, see what the day gives you and be able to adapt to it talking about technique and all that kind of stuff. That's kind of an ancillary. It obviously is important for the kids that want to be competitive, but it's about being good people and helping them grow up, grow through life, having having positive mentors in their life like I had. Um, and so that's that, that's my goal as a coach is to always be that person, be that mentor, be that sounding board to just help them grow up. How do you decide when you're coaching them on a technical aspect and when you're coaching them on more of a life lesson? Um, there's there's de- there's absolutely teachable moments or coachable moments where you see you see an individual doing doing the right thing be it from a technique perspective or just being a good model of, you know, getting their homework done on time. Um, so I always am looking for those kind of examples from the peers because they can, they can look at me or like Coach Olson, both really experienced um, coaches in our own right from the, in, in the endurance sports world. And they can be like, oh yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. But if they see a peer doing it and we can kind of make an example of that, I think that, grabs kids even more. You mentioned yourself as an endurance athlete. You've been in the news. You've gotten a lot of notoriety. 
it's all tied to the idea of the Grand Slam that you mentioned at the introduction. For folks who are not aware of what an endurance event is, what the Grand Slam is, could you tell us a little bit about that? I've always been somebody who tries to seek um, the best version of myself, find out if I can push my limits even a little bit further with the next experience in new ways. There has to be a part of you, and it has to be a pretty big part of you, that that just craves to do it. Um, And so that's something that I've kind of just had, and it's kind of just snowballed into what was the Grand Slam this year. I mean, I started started into triathlons, did lots of sprints, did few Olympic triathlons, did a full Ironman. And then I kind of just gravitated, moved more towards ultra trail running. Um, And again, it was something that I followed my brother into. 2014, 2015, I paced him at the Leadville Trail 100. And that was where I think the seed was really planted. Like, this is what I need to do. I mean, there was like a door that was not just open open for me, but it was like beckoning me to walk through this door. Like, Because I saw in those moments in 2014, 15 when I was pacing my brother, I saw somebody who who, who was just the epitome of strength and perseverance. He was struggling. It took every ounce of his being to just continue moving forward towards that finish line. And I was just, I, I was hooked. I think I had done my first 50 kilometer ultra trail run at um, Bighorn near Dayton, Wyoming. I had planted a seed in my own head, wasn't forced by anybody but myself, that before I turned 30, I wanted to do a full Ironman and a and complete 100-mile trail. Something that just came out of nowhere, but that was what I wanted to do. So 2015, I did my full Ironman, and then I was done with my triathlon days after that because I had found this ultra trail running community that I just had to be a part of more. So yeah, and then 2016, I did my first 100-mile trail run at Bighorn, and then I've done four, four Bighorn 100s. Now, two Wasatch 100s, Leadville, Western States, Old Dominion, and it's, it's, not, it's not stopping anytime soon. The snowball is not, is not slowing down. What is a Grand Slam? So the Grand Slams actually started in 1986, which ironically was the the year that I was born. The Grand Slam is completing four of the original five oldest or longest running 100-mile trail runs in the country. So Old Dominion uh, is one, which was the first one that I did. That was June 5th. Um, Western States, which was June 26th, was kind of, it's considered... Maybe around the world, but definitely in the country to be kind of like the mecca of trail running where it all started. A little bit of history on that. So Gordy Ainsley was the guy who started Western States. It started as, I mean, they still have the Tevis Cup. It's a 100-mile horse race. One year, his horse went lame 20, 30 miles in and um, decided to do the rest on foot. And then the next year, he came without a horse. As far as as far as a lot of people know, he was the first person to run a hundred miles, not unsupported, but cover cover that distance on foot. Then the year after that, a few more people came with Gordy, and then now it's. I mean, they still have the Tevis Cup for horses, but now they have the Western States Endurance Run that every year has an average of 369 people that show up to it. So yeah. It's four of the original five 100-mile trail runs, longest running in the country in one summer. Since 1986, like I said, when it started, so 35 years ago, there's been 386 people that have finished in the world. 
in addition to completing the Grand Slam, the idea that you not only did the Grand Slam, but while you were doing the Grand Slam, you were approached by a person about filming a documentary about this as well. So Jeremy, he um, he came up, did my Nightcrawler Endurance Challenge race. That I, I guess it was my fourth year then. It was my fifth year this year. He came up for the fourth year. It was the longest he'd run. Got 40 miles, I think 40 or 42 miles done. Super super nice guy. I mean, just like anybody, anybody I've met. Um, that's in this kind of ultra trail world. He dug deep, found out some new stuff about himself. Then he kind of just approached me, um, like, "Hey, uh, what what do you got? What do you got going for races this summer?" And I kind of told him, and I was like, "Well, I was kind of thinking about doing this last year, but everything, you know, with COVID, everything got canceled." Um, so I told him, like, my plan was to do that this year. So I told him about the Grand Slam and. Well, that's a great segue for what I was about to ask because he's like, obviously, he's like, you knew I, I, I did this for myself. I've documented the Nightcrawler last year on my own, but I've been kind of looking for somebody to document, chase them around with the camera rather than just myself. And I was like, and I told them right away, I was like, I mean, yeah, that's that's really cool. I like that idea. And I just kind of told them right up front. I was like, I am like like you just alluded to. I am not the kind of guy that looks for spotlights. Um, I am always going to deflect attention away from myself. That's just kind of how I am and kind of how I've always been. And um, he's like, that's fine. He's like, I think that's why I think that's why you'll be a good subject and how I think our message that we get through the documentary will help, it will, it will reach more people that way. Um, I'm like, okay, good, because that's, that's not me. And, I was, and then the, the other thing that I wanted to just kind of make sure with them, like, so like, how much is this going to be like you interviewing me and stuff during the race? Because I'm like, in those moments, like, I'm like, it's, it's totally, I got to be like, totally focused on what's going on. He's like, don't want any of that at all. I don't want you to get away from your focus. He's like, I'm just going to be there to capture the experience. And I'm like, perfect. So what he did, he interviewed before, after each event. And then during the event, he would just ask me little questions every once in a while. He'd go out on course. A lot of times he actually surprised me, like how far he actually got himself in on the course. I said, whoa, Jeremy's here. Didn't surprise me again because I, I he's a fit dude. He's more than capable of doing that. But like I said, it, there were a couple times like at Western in particular where he walked himself down like a six mile canyon and was waiting there for me at an aid station. I'm like, Holy cow, this guy professional beyond his years. I mean, you look at him, he's he seems like a young kid, but I mean, he is a, he is every bit of a professional with everything he does. From just the little bits and pieces that I've seen throughout the summer, he did a outstanding job of capturing the experience, like all of it, from the crew experience to, you know, the before, the after. He just, I'm really excited to see what he's going to come up with. He got like over 25 hours of footage from the four races, and I have absolutely no idea how he's going to, how he's going to turn that into a, 30, 45 minute documentary. He actually, and he's like, if you ever think of a name for it or anything, I was like, I was like, I think it'll come to us at some point. It was actually right before the last, the last one. There was like maybe a week and a half, two weeks before Wasatch. And he was like, what about chasing 400? And I was like, holy cow, that perfect. Because that is, that's, that's what the summer was about. That's what, not even just what this summer was about. I mean, like, I feel like 
is something that the snowball effect, like I was talking about earlier, like that snowball effect has brought me to that moment. So yeah, chasing 400 will uh, will be epic. I'm super excited to see what it's gonna what it's gonna come up to be, and just feat like the grand slam, like that I can share with people for the rest of my life. Like that's. It's, it's like the stuff dreams are made of. It's really cool. You mentioned it's not slowing down. <laughs> what are you thinking about doing next? Always in the back of my head, like I said, is just, what, okay, what's next? How, how can I continue to push my limits in new ways? I know I'm going to be back at Bighorn. I'll be doing the 100 again at Bighorn. Over the last couple of years, before the Grand Slam thing kind of came, I'd been intrigued by last person standing events. It's like a 4.1333 mile loop that you start every hour on the hour. You go until there's one person left. The idea of the 4.1333 mile loop is over 24 hours, every hour on the hour, after 24 hours, you've covered 100 miles. I think that would be mentally, I don't want to say more challenging than a 100 mile race, but, uh, you know, like being like over who knows, like not not having a a destination or a when are you going to be done. I don't know why, again, that's that's intriguing to me because that, again, is pushing limits, testing limits that, I, that I've never tested before. Like, hey, how many times can you run this same loop over and over and over again until, until you decide to be done? That'll happen hopefully next summer sometime. The snowball, the snowball, like I said, is not slowing down. It's just um, maybe swerving a little bit and trying to figure out where what, what direction it's taking me. Um, there's also 200-mile races that are popping up now across the country. There's four now. Still haven't quite wrapped my head around that, um, that distance, you know, just after how I feel after a 100-mile race, but... Um, That'll be that. That'll happen too eventually. I don't. I don't doubt that. That'll that the attempt at one or all of those will happen someday. It's just something like I said. I don't know why, but it's just like I said. It's it's the best version of myself in those moments and um, the support that I get at those events. I've done events where I didn't have a support crew. Well, I had a support crew, but basically only saw them at the start and finish. Um, and I've had events where I've had pacers, you know, starting at 30 miles. I, I, I've finished both. It's just so much more rewarding when you, can, when you can have those those people who've affected your life around you, being that cattle prod if they need to be, being that that source of encouragement when you need it. The things that motivate you are, diff- are different for a lot of people. Constant source of motivation for me has always been my support system, my family, my friends. Um, that are there, not there. I'm constantly thinking about them when I'm out there. All the support they've given me, like they don't necessarily care if I finish a race. They just, they just want me to, number one, not not get injured. You know, like come out of it healthy. They're just there to support me regardless of the result. And that's something that I never take for granted, um, never take lightly, because it is a lot of sacrifices that they have to make to put themselves in a situation, be it take a day off of work, drive six however many hours get on a plane fly somewhere um like it's there's just a lot of sacrifices that they have to make and that is something that that motivates me like not like i'm gonna let them down if i don't finish because like that's never that's never crossed my mind like i'm never worried about letting them down because they don't they don't care they just want like i said they want me to come out of it healthy they want me to come out of it with it with a great experience and i've and, and i always have those great experiences because of the people that are there the people that are around me you were reluctant to do this, but there was a Wyoming reason. You said part of the reason that 
you were willing to do this was you felt an obligation to give back to the community, to let people know about this. If someone wanted to be involved in this community, either they're already a runner and they didn't know this community existed, mm-hmm. or after listening to you, something went off in their brain and they thought, I might want to check this out. Yeah. What are some of the events that happen and what are some of the groups that they might reach out to? Yeah, so locally here in Cast, we have a 307 running LLC. Um, a good friend, Mike Deesberg, is the is president, president or founder of 307 Running. Um, he hosts the, the Skunk Hollow Sneaker Chase, which is a 8- and 16-mile trail run up on Casper Mountain. Mike, also founder of uh, Mike and Jason Neville, um, founders of Cutters. It's the C-U-T-R-S, but it's Casper Ultra Trail Running Society. We have a Facebook page. Go on there if you're new. doesn't matter if you're new to town or been running, you know, 100-mile races like, like myself and Mike and people like that. Get on that Facebook page. Say, hey, going for a run at Glendo this weekend. Who's in? And then people people show up. There's there's a lot of people that will go like, okay, they have they have different agendas. Like, okay, some some people go for four or five hours, some people go for an hour or two. But it's just like it's just a platform for people like minded people to get together and run on some of the phenomenal trails we have, not just around Central Wyoming, but really all over. I mean, there's a lot of just camaraderie from it. I mean, obviously you're out there running, you're covering the miles, you're covering the hours. But I think more than anything, you're just the people and the experiences were what, what I really gravitated towards and what just really pulled me in to a point that I was just like, I couldn't get out, but I didn't want to get out. So yeah, it's a platform for, for, for people to, to say, Hey, this is what, this is what I'm thinking. And it can just start as just like a thought, like, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for ideas for some runs I can do in Jackson or, you know, Green River or something like, and there, there, there's people that are like, hey, I, hey, I know this route. You can do this. And then people, like I said, people just show up, and it's it's an amazing community to be a part of. If there are any people who've reacted at all to you, like I have, <laughs> it's an it, there's an inspirational aspect to it. So thank you for being that, and for the kids that you coach, I'm sure you have a positive impact on them, and appreciate that. And just for giving back to the community, being willing to do this, really appreciate you doing this. Thank you. Never would have imagined that me running a 100-mile race would be so inspiring to people. So if you would have told me then, I would have absolutely laughed you out of the room because um, I didn't see that coming. But I'm so glad that it's that it's where I'm at right now because it's uh, it's just such a fulfilling and um, rewarding experience to be living the lifestyle that I am blessed and fortunate enough to live. Well, as you said, the snowball is not slowing down. We'll look forward to seeing more in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely.